Welcome to the Gregory Diggout Podcast. In Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, and it says this, Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, and it says, and if you go back to, well, let's go back to verse 10 to get the context here. It says, then I heard then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, now salvation and power and the kingdom of God and the authority of his Christ have come for the accuser of the brethren, for the accuser of the brethren has been thrown down. The accuser of the brethren has been thrown down, who accuses them before God day and night. He accuses us before God day and night. The accuser, uh, the accuser is Satan, the accuser. But listen now, Satan is the accuser, but he doesn't come in red pajamas and a pitchfork. He comes sometimes through others and sometimes through a voice that is truly demonic. But sometimes the accuser comes through your own voice and your own thoughts and in first person says, I can't believe how bad I am. I can't believe how far I've fallen. Or you'll hear a voice that will accuse you. Well, you, where you feel you are accusing yourself. You don't measure up. You don't say the right things. You're not good enough. You're not pretty enough. You don't have enough of this. You don't have enough of that. You don't do much for others. You always seem to blow it when things seem to be going good in your life. You always say things you regret. You get angry too easily. You think bad thoughts. You don't have the right clothes. You eat too much. You don't exercise enough. You don't pray enough. You don't read the Bible enough. You don't serve enough. You're not godly enough. You're not holy enough. That is the accuser. That is not your heart speaking to you. That is the devil speaking to you, but he's disguised as your own heart. And you say, yeah, I don't do this enough and I don't do that enough and I'm not this enough and I'm not that enough and I haven't done this enough and I haven't done that enough. And that is a that is the voice of Satan disguised in first person or second person saying, I never do this enough or you never do this enough. Either way, it's in your head and you hear these voices, but it's not the voice of God and it's not the voice of your true self. It's not the voice of your true heart. Your true heart is tender. Your true heart is humble. Your true heart loves God. Your true heart wants to obey God. Your true heart is 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 approved by God, loved by God, adored by God and completely uh, accepted by God. But the liar, the accuser is constantly accusing us day and night, telling us we're not enough, telling us we're this, telling us we're that. And what we need to realize is that is always the voice of the evil one when we feel accused, when we feel accused and the accuser always tries to bring division. Notice it says he accuses the brethren. In other words, he accuses you. He, he accuses me and he tries to accuse us 
against one another and he tries to cause division against one another and he tries to cause us to be jealous of one another and angry with one another and to fight with one another and to and to feel in, insecure and inferior around one another and all of those things is a part of the, the accuser of the brethren, the accuser, the accuser, the accuser. That's the enemy. That's the devil. God never accuses. God never condemns. God never brings up your sins ever. Come on. You say, well, doesn't the Holy Spirit convict us of sin? He convicts us of the sin of unbelief. That's the thing that he convicts us of so we can get born again, realize, oh, I haven't believed in Jesus. I need to believe in Jesus and you get and you believe in Jesus and you get born again. But the Holy Spirit is not speaking to you and saying, boy, you really need to you know, realize how, how many times you did that the other day and how many times you thought that God doesn't accuse like that. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter eight, verse 12, and your sins and your iniquities, he will remember no more. When does he forget? our sins and iniquities. He forgot them at the cross. He forgot them when Jesus buried them in uh, in in, in uh, into oblivion. He literally removed them as far as east is from west. And I don't know if you knew this, but east and west are as far apart as any two things can be. And he and the Bible says in Psalm 103, it says he's removed our sins from us as far as east, as far as not as close as it's not like, well, we're you know, we're in, we're kind of in the west and Europe is kind of in the east. So is that is it like that? No, it's as far as east and west can go from one another, as far as east is from west, not as close as east is from as far as east is from west. I mean, it's a marvelous thought that God has removed our sins from us that far from us and he doesn't remember them. I will remember their sins no more when the moment you get born again, he never remembers them again. But the devil does and you do. And guess what? Other people do, too, you know, (laughs) and The truth, though, is it doesn't matter what other people think and it doesn't matter what the devil thinks. And it really doesn't matter what you think, except that you're the one that's going to accuse yourself. But God's never going to be the one who accuses you, but he's going to be the one who who gives you the tools to silence the accuser, to silence the accuser. And um, And if I can show you this, he goes on to say in this passage of scripture, um, the solution is in verse 11. So he accuses us day and night, condemns us day and night. God never condemns. And it says, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb. The way that we overcome the accuser is to is to go to God and say, Lord, the blood of Jesus forgives me. The blood of Jesus has cleansed me or to say to ourselves, the blood of Jesus cleanses me. You have to you have to talk to yourself, you know, how many know you, 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 you listen to yourself a lot. So you should start talking to yourself. I don't care if somebody thinks that's crazy. I might be crazy talking to myself, but I'm getting free. 
It might be crazy. Oh, is he talking to himself? Like, have you ever seen somebody talking to themselves on the street? And usually it's like if somebody's, you know, oppressed in a, in, in a, in a, in a difficult, going through a difficult life, they might be talking to themselves, you know, stuff that doesn't make sense. But we need to be talking to ourselves the word of God and saying, I'm, I'm redeemed by the blood of the lamb. I'm redeemed. I'm forgiven. I'm cleansed by the blood of the lamb. That's how you overcome the accusations. You say the blood of Jesus has forgiven me and cleansed me of that. So I don't have to be accused of that any longer. And I don't have to be condemned by that anymore. And then it says, and by the word of their testimony. In other words, the, uh, the second thing that is the tool, the second tool that you can use to overcome the accuser is the word of your testimony. Well, God did it in David's life and God did it. And you just go to the word of, your, of their testimony like God did it in Paul's life and God did it in Peter's life and God did it in John's life. And God forgave Moses and God forgave David and God forgave Saul and God forgive, get, forgave everybody that ever asked for it or anybody that ever came to to receive it forgave the woman caught in adultery. I don't condemn you. Go and sin no more. But first he said, I don't condemn you. Their testimony is a powerful. It's a it's just a very powerful tool that you can use to overcome the accuser. The word of their testimony, the word of their testimony. And also it's your own testimony. I know I'm forgiven. I know I'm a child of God. I know Jesus saved me and I don't ha ever have to be accused by the devil another day in my life. And I don't have to accuse myself another day in my life. And notice the third thing it says, and they they did not love their life even faced with death. They did not love their life. Now, what does that mean? That means they did not love their lower life. They did not love their their earthly life when faced with death. You know why? Because they loved the idea of spending eternity with Jesus far more than how precious they held their own life in their eyes. This life is precious and this life is beautiful and this life has its it has its it has its wonders and it has its it's it has its great moments, but it's nothing compared. A day in your courts, oh Lord, is better than a thousand outside, he said. You know, we have to realize, you know, there's we, our hearts, our hearts weep, our hearts break when we hear of tragedies and when we hear the statistics of murder in our city the statistics of murder around the country and around the world. We hear, you know, children being killed. All of these things are heartbreaking and all of these things are tragic. But I'm going to tell you something. The, the more tragic, the more tragic thing that could happen in this life, in this world is to die without Jesus. It's not tragic to die. It, it, it can be tragic in the way a person dies. But the greater tragedy yeah. is to die without salvation. Yeah. It's to die without Jesus. That's the greatest tragedy. And that's what we're truly after. There is a, 
a better life, folks. There's a better life, gang. There's a more powerful and a more beautiful life, and it's our heavenly life. And we start living that heavenly life here on this earth right. when, we, when we receive Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord. And when we learn to live by his love and learn to receive it and learn to show it and learn to receive it and give it and receive it and give it. And that's the greatest life. That's the that's the life that will never end. It will never end. And so we have to we have to realize eternity is real and um, eternity starts already. It's, it's as soon as you're born, you're eternal. As soon as you're born into this earth, you are you are an eternal being and you will last. You will live forever with God or without God. And that doesn't get decided by your works. By grace are we saved through faith and that not of ourselves. It's the free gift of God. It's decided once and for all the moment you accept Jesus Christ as your savior and Lord. But you see, they had their eyes on a greater prize, and that was seeing Jesus. Facing death is easy when you know that instantly when death comes, you're going to be facing Jesus. And by the way, when you go to heaven, he's not going to he doesn't remember your sins here and he's not going to bring them up there. So there's nothing to be afraid of when you get there. And let me tie this together and close with Romans chapter eight, um, because I really want you to have these tools to overcome the accuser, because my my first 20 years as a Christian was a constant battle with accusing thoughts from the devil, from my own heart, from my own mind. Uh, Look, I haven't become that much better of a person in the last. I I mean, I I hope I have become a better person, but I haven't become that much better of a person in the last 20 years. Not that I was not that I'm really bad, but I am. We all have been. Um, My point is, is I've come to understand God's mercy and grace better. It's not that I've understood how to tough out, you know, and, and, and be stronger in myself. It's it's learning to be stronger in his grace. And it's not an excuse to sin. It's not an excuse to 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 make bad decisions. It's but it's it's only when we have this awareness that there is no condemnation that we can ever really break free. There's when we realize there's no condemnation, that's where freedom really begins. It doesn't begin by saying no to sin. Freedom doesn't begin by saying no to sin. Freedom begins by knowing that there is no condemnation for you when you're in Christ. And then when you know that it frees you from the pressure of trying to be sinless and you end up sinning less. You you hear what I'm saying? When you're no longer under that pressure that I got to be so, you know, on my I got to be so on my game, I got to so make sure I never blow it, I never make a mistake so that I don't have to hear these accusing voices. No, you need to go ahead and and just be really aware of the next mistake you make and defeat the thought that is accusing you 
the moment you make that mistake. I'm not saying, oh, go and try this, go make a mistake, but you're going to. We're all going to. We're going to have a bad thought. We're going to get angry. We're going to make a mistake. We're going to do something stupid. We're going to we're going to say something we wish we could. As soon as it comes out of our mouth, we're going to try to retrieve it, you know, try sending an email and then wish you could get it back. Right. You know, that's why you should just never type in their person's name first. Always write out what you want to say first before you decide who you're going to send it to, because you may just end up changing your mind on who you're going to send it to. Plus, you don't want to accidentally hit send, right? Text a message, guys, before you put the person's name in it, if you're really mad or if you're really it's going to be bad so that you can think twice before you do it. But the point is, is that the, the next mistake you make, that's not the test. The test is not whether you make another mistake. The test that's going to come is whether you can live at that moment free from the condemnation of it and free from the accuser trying to accuse you, because that's where the victory is, is in being imperfect, but not being accused by your imperfections, not being accused by your mistakes, not being accused by your flaws, not being accused by your insecurities, not being accused by your feelings, not being accused of always just the devil and, and your own mind attacking you and accusing you and, and beating you down. And that that needs to end today. It says in Romans eight one, there is therefore there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ and the for the and one translation says who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Well, you have to understand what flesh and spirit is to understand what that means, because he says there there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh. Well, what is the flesh saying? The flesh is talking about being saved through our own self effort. That's the flesh trying to trying to think that God will only approve of us through our own self effort and through our own holiness, through our own through our own cleanliness, through us cleaning up our act. That's the flesh. That's trying to be right with God in the flesh rather than in the spirit. Being right with God in the spirit is accepting the blood of Jesus as the only means by which you're forgiven. Can I get an amen in this place today? There is therefore now no condemnation. Look at verse thirty three. It says in Romans eight thirty three and we'll just wrap this up. Look at verse thirty three. Who will bring a charge? against God's elect. It is God who justifies. Who is he? Verse thirty four goes on to say, who is he that condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is risen, who is at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Now, what he's saying is this. Who is he that condemns? There is an answer to that. 
Who is he that condemns the devil? Who is he that condemns your own self? Who is he that condemns other people? They might condemn, you might condemn yourself, the devil will condemn you. But the fact is, is even though they condemn you, he said it is Christ who died and rose from the dead and is at the right hand of God making intercession for you. In other words, Jesus is forever the lawyer on your behalf, whenever the accuser condemns, Jesus is forever the intercessor standing in between the accuser and God and saying, nope, you can't get past me. He's he's in the gap. He's right in the middle. He's the, the devil is accusing you and he's trying to accuse you to God and he's trying to accuse you to you. And Jesus is standing right in the way and saying, nope, you've got to go through me and I already took it all on the cross. Therefore, you have no right to this person. You have no right to go to God, devil. You have no right to accuse my brother. You have no right to accuse this person, that person. You have no right to accuse anybody that has accepted me into their life. That's what Jesus is saying, interceding for us, standing in the gap to defend you against the condemnation. And therefore, you need to accept Jesus is not only your savior, not only your Lord, but today I want you to accept him as your intercessor, standing in the gap, not not praying for you. That's not what the form of intercession he's making here. The word means to stand in the gap. He's standing in the gap. He's standing in the hole where the devil is trying to accuse you. He he stands and intercepts. The accusation absorbs it himself so that it doesn't go to God and it doesn't come to you. And that's why. Jesus is the greatest, most beautiful name and person that has ever existed. And he we get to call him our friend, our savior and our Lord. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to today's episode. If this message has blessed you in any way, we'd love for you to share it with your family, your friends, or anyone that you think would enjoy these amazing teachings. And also make sure to subscribe if you haven't already so that you never miss an episode.